What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another new episode of Behind the Scene Podcast, the podcast that choke slams you out of your shoes. I'm your co-host for this evening, Dion Donovan. I'm a writer and creator. You can check out some of my material on Fandom in the Water on Substack and also my comic yes, material on Instagram and Facebook. And without further ado, this is my co-host. Yes, this is Uncle Jack 328. Follow me on Twitter at Uncle Jack 328. First name Colby, last name Jackson. This is the behind the scene podcast streaming on Anchor, Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us a like. Obviously, they took away the dislikes. Complain about <laughs> us on Facebook. Hashtag don't sell it. All right. So the last few days, there was the reveal of Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus. We got the introduction of Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight, who is, I think, Mark Spector is his regular name. We can see in the trailer that he has mental illness, multiple personalities. Uh, who knows what else is going on with the character in the Disney Plus series. We know in the comic book series that Moon Knight deals with mental illness and has a whole plethora of different uh, symptoms with his character and that's kind of the way he functions and I think you made a comment that you've kind of noticed a trend in mm-hmm. the superhero genre when it comes to this man what do you what do you got to say about it so it, it, <laughs> it's very kind of it's dangerous territory to kind of highlight this I think because mental illness is a real thing People deal with this on a daily basis and without having higher education and the ability to diagnose and define what mental illness looks like, you see what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's kind of hard to really speak on it. But what I'm going to say is that I do believe that, you know, let's let's go back to 2016, the movie Split with James McAvoy. That was a good movie. That was that. They, that was they movie. a good movie. Yeah, that kind of brought back M. M. Night Shyamalan a little bit. The story of that movie, if you boil it down to its core level, is the story of a man who is dealing with a mental illness. Somebody who is dealing with some some type of trauma, or there's something going on with him that makes him believe there mm-hmm. are 23 different personalities living with inside of him. And he has to be able to deal with each one of those. And as a result of it, he's able to do things that a normal quote unquote person is not capable of doing as a result of being mentally ill. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Venom, for example. Yes. While Eddie Brock has been kind of infected or whatever you want to call it by this symbiote, at the end of the day, when he's not in the Venom get-up, he looks like a guy that's talking to himself, right? Right. There's something about Eddie Brock that attracted the symbiote to where now, as a result of him not being mentally stable, he's able to be Venom. That's what it looks like to me, at least. I don't know how that looks to you, but to me, that's what that looks like, bro. With the character, spot on with it. Or at, <laughs> least with, at least with the live action version of Venom. That's what it looks like to me. No, true that, true that. I mean, he was in a freaking 
lobster freaking uh <laughs> it was in a lobster tank in the first movie just out of control a lot of symptoms of just someone just off you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. in real life so play it up for comedy okay you, you on with it so you know um <laughs> did, did you ever see the movie uh the accountant with ben affleck did you ever see that movie i heard it was excellent but no i didn't see that one yet that was uh that was one of the, it, it, I think it got overshadowed a little bit by his run as Batman, but he was a better Batman in the account than he was in mm. in, 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 in the Snyder <laughs> under the Snyder umbrella. But even in that movie, while the character he was portraying in that movie might not have been dealing with a mental illness, he did kind of it was implied that he was on the spectrum. It was implied that there was something a little bit different about him that made it to where he was super efficient in everything that he did almost to the point of it being a superpower (laughs) right right i mean we also got i mean the joker self-explanatory with joaquin phoenix Mm -hmm. you know we got uh doom doom patrol doom patrol has a couple characters that have some uh, illnesses and the most uh, notorious one to me is uh crazy jane she Mm -hmm. has like Again, almost a similar situation with Split. We have a person who has like 40-something personalities within her, and every personality has their own superpower. So you never know what she... She's a mixed bag, and everyone suppresses the other personality to come basically be released within her. So one personality will have firepower, another one will have ice, one can clone, etc., etc. So in Doom Patrol, we have that, and then... We can even go, honestly, to, like, almost the damn source of this all, like, in the current age. Legion with Dan Stevens. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, the, I, that's, like, one of the OG characters in comics for mental illness right there. Right. And, and even, okay, oh, man, damn, bro. Because this is, this is getting into some territory here. So, <laughs> right. in, in, in my view of this here, like, the character of Legion is a perfect example here. If he is a character that's not dealing with some of the things he was dealing with, is he as powerful on page? Is he capable of doing things he's able to do if that character isn't dealing with that, right? Mm. Then that just makes him Professor X, right? Right, right, right. The illnesses give him the extra power. Essentially, you, oh man, man, man! It's, 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 the chaotic nature, the the how uncontrollable he is. Yeah, I, I mean the way he warps reality into you know into his whim, like the Shadow King, like all that stuff, man. Because without it, you just get a Professor X's son, and he's just vanilla. You get another like telepath, and 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 it's boring. But they put that spin on the character to make him different than the rest. And he is basically just when you're so off that Professor X has to like put mental blocks in you to put you in check, like yep. come on now. So okay, another example here. What as much as we enjoy WandaVision, like what are we doing with that? What what category is that going into? You know what I'm saying? Clearly. This is somebody that's dealing with some kind of trauma of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I mean, would you? I don't know if we'll say mental illness per se, but I don't think it'd be a stretch to say that Wanda was probably dealing with some form of depression. And as a result of that, she was doing some things with her abilities that she probably wouldn't have been doing if her mind was in a different place. You'd agree with that, right? Totally. Yep. Spot on, man. I mean, grief, the trauma of loss, the depression, having the, the, the kids, the, 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 the family, the false life of was a Maryview or whatever, like, yeah, Westview, Westview, Westview. All that shit adds up, man. I mean, yeah, that it's it's clear to say if she was just in a normal state, none of that is possible, and none of that's happening. So, okay. depression. It would. I mean, especially was it the the fifth episode or the second to last one when it was almost like the reality TV slash office. Like mm-hmm. that definitely was like, yeah, she's depressed. You know, you can easily tell. You know, right. So. Oh, man. See, I'm glad we even got on this topic here. Okay. The character of Rorschach. (laughs) (laughs) The character of Rorschach. Man. Man, listen. The the, the character of Rorschach wears this mask that resembles a fucking Rorschach test that is administered to who exactly? (laughs) (laughs) Dude. Like, yeah. Something, something like that isn't very subtle when you when you break it down and kind of put it under a, a magnifying glass a little bit, right? But for the most part, most people on the internet at least are fans of Rorschach. Rorschach was right and all of this shit like that. But clearly, this was a guy that didn't have all of his facilities in order as a result of his backstory as a child growing up, the world he lived in, and everything like that, to the point where his mask was his face. What are we talking about here, bruh? Like, <laughs> He's relatable. What? That means... <laughs> no, because it... it <laughs> and this is what I'm wondering here, then. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that... Ah, man, I'm, and I'm still trying to be careful here. Yeah. Do you, do you think that some of these writers are doing these things with these characters with the intention on kind of bringing a focus on how important mental health is and everything like that? Or is it something that is kind of coincidental that they don't really put too much emphasis on? Or is it just a gimmick? I think it's a combination of all three, depending on the execution. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like you said, mental illness is in right now. And let's be honest, everyone has, you know, I mean, I don't know if, you know, everyone claims it's trendy to say, hey, I have, sorry, I have ADHD. And it, you never were clinically proven to have it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you can look on TikTok and you can see a whole bunch of people acting kind of different ways to try to highlight their illness or supposed mm-hmm. illness. So for attention. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in this current day and age with the research that we have and kind of the, the highlight of how real it is, especially with the black community, um, of how this is a real thing, it's, I don't think it's too much that that would reflect in fiction. You know what I'm saying? That, that art would reflect real life and vice versa. So 
I do think some of it is just a genuine story element, and some of it is now could just turn into like a crux. Like, I need a gimmick for a character, mental illness, you know what I'm saying? Uh, for X, Y, and Z, you know what I'm saying? So, it is, it is a little bit murky waters, because um, you do have to be careful with the execution of that for what you're desiring the character to do. So, and especially if you don't do your research on mm-hmm. on the the diagnosis or the symptoms of that character that they supposedly have. So, it, you you do have to be careful with the execution of that. And ah, uh, man, I I think it's a combination, man. I don't think I don't think it's swaying too much in one direction for the future of characters. We'll see what Moon Knight does per se. Um. And we'll we'll just see where this thing goes because it could start getting to very um, off color. It could get potentially to very distasteful territory if the wrong person uh, tackles it per se. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't know, almost like 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 the Flash. Like he's like, is he on medication? Like there really is no need for. Like the uh, for the Snyder version, right? I don't know. There's no need for the Flash to be like on meds and trying to make him all very, you know, because that really wasn't with the character initially. Like how quirky he is and how he's kind of off, mm-hmm. and he's like he he talks fast, almost like a speech impediment. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he's smart, right? But he has like the speech impediment. Like I don't think yeah, that's we necessary. That. We right, right. We, we didn't have to. We didn't have to do all of that for Barry Allen. Exactly. That's one of those cases where it's like, it's almost like a gimmick for a character personality, and it's not needed for him. He never needed ADHD. I know it's like, oh, the Flash, he runs fast, and oh, he's got super, he's got the um, speed force. So if we give him a mental illness, ADHD, and, you know, he's everywhere, that's a quirky personality. It matches his speed force. Like, nah, I really. It really doesn't, and you know it, that that's one of those where it's like it could be d- kind of distasteful with the execution. I kind of hope in Flashpoint they lay off that a bit and just have them act normal. <laughs> and it kind of <laughs> well, no, and, and and oh man, I'm glad that we're even discussing it. So it kind of just has me thinking about a couple other properties where some of these things get highlighted. Um, hmm. for example, in the when me and you were texting and discussing this, the movie Fight Club, the movie oh. Fight Club, it came out, that movie came out like 22 years ago, 20, yeah. 20 years ago, something like that. Yeah, Great movie. A great movie that highlights a lot of issues, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that movie would be getting a release in 2022. It hit mm. very close to the mark of highlighting the identity crisis that a, a lot of young white men are experiencing now and have been experiencing over the last 20 years. But yep. that's, that's a great movie. Fucking great movie. Fantastic. Classic for a reason. Yes. But I think one of the, not, not even really subtle, but one of the main kind of focus points of that movie is that the character of Edward Norton is imagining Tyler Durden. He's he's projecting the character of Tyler Durden into the person 
that he would like to be or into the person that mm-hmm. he thinks he can be. So while all of the shit is going on in the movie and he's seeing Tyler Durden doing them, he doesn't know that it's actually him doing it. He's spending all of these nights not sleeping, getting in the fights, getting his ass whooped, wrangling up all these disillusioned young white males just like him to mm-hmm. pull off these missions, all the while not knowing that it's him having conversations with himself. He's getting into fights with himself. The whole time, he doesn't know that he's dealing with a form of mental illness, but he's empowered by it because he thinks that the best version of him is what it is that he's projecting. What the fuck? (laughs) Right? Right, right, right. So even that, even then, him, that character dealing with a form of mental illness empowered him to do things he never thought he'd be able to do. Mm. Hey, what Mm-mm-mm. is, you know, <laughs> I, I, it just, it kind of just makes you wonder a little bit, you know? Um, the other, there was another movie I was thinking about, but I kind of got lost there, but it'll probably come back to me here in a little bit. But it's just, it's interesting to me in that, in this current time that we live in, I think Moon Knight is probably going to highlight that part of it a lot more. Right, right. I I think so too. I think I mean it's one of those characters that has a lot of that in the comic book itself. Mm-hmm. And I think because that is sort of the origin of the character, it, nothing was tackled onto it, tacked onto him with that aspect. So I think they should execute it right. We'll see with Disney Plus. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, I I mean, it's it's we're in that era where it's, someone acts crazy and it's like, did you take your meds? You're off your meds. Like, how many jokes have you heard that in in TV media anywhere? Where it's like, oh, you must you must not be on your meds today, or you know, some shit like that. So it, it's a real thing, man. It's definitely a real thing, and. I, I I hope we don't get to a point where it becomes just a cheap uh, story crux to try to bring some depth to something that it just doesn't. You know what I'm saying? In execution. Um, I, I'm trying to be tactful and think of like any uh, bad examples of something tack- tacked on that didn't need to be for like mental illness for a character per se, but... Mine's running kind of blank right now, besides like the the Barry Allen point. Um, oh, so I, I yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be tactful and just be like, you know, I I think I definitely think that this it's not going away, and I think that Moon Knight is going to shed further light on it. We'll see what happens with Joker too. I don't know how what direction they're going to go with Joker too with Joaquin I'll, Phoenix. Oh man. I hope what, it doesn't happen. It's going to happen because it made too much money. So maybe they can send a message to counterbalance the way it was recepted in the first place. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. But, so, but yeah. Oh, man. Just to, uh, before we wrap it up, I, I do want to say this. I think that it really depends on the context of what the story is being told. I do think that 
this is an issue that is not always handled in the most tasteful manner possible. There does have to be some subtlety involved with it. There does have to be something to give us as viewers something to come away with. There mm-hmm. does have to be something for us to understand and also consider in our everyday lives. I think that more likely than not, a lot of properties that kind of touch on this, they touch on it in a way to where it's just entertaining. Or they touch on it in a way to where you're left to kind of, you know, think about it yourself, which is okay. But in the superhero genre specifically, I mean, you could really attach the title of someone being mentally unstable to damn near all villains and all superheroes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) For the most part. I mean, Batman being that primary one. Man, man, man. And then to, to date... And up to date, there's only been one movie where, where Bruce Wayne is going to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's only been one movie where that happened. Like, it's just crazy, bro, because I feel like that could easily be, you, like, the next movie. This next version of Batman could fucking be going to therapy. Easily. Right. But... Easy. Look like he needs to, too. Um <laughs> intentionally, and that's intentionally too. That's intentionally done. I, and I, in my opinion, I think that it's intentionally done. But well, it, it is. It, it's just an interesting thing, and I don't think that trend is going to slow down. I don't. I don't think it'll slow down. I think that it, it it will be handled better by certain people than than others. But with Moon Knight, that's something that I need to see. I need to see that directly addressed to make him more than just the guy that goes out and punches and kicks. I'm more interested in that than anything else. I don't know shit about Moon Knight. You know, the the preview looks cool. Oscar Isaac, they're making it up to him, obviously, for what happened in the last Star (laughs) Wars movie. True. All of that is cool. I'm sure the hand-to-hand combat is going to be cool, but for me, I will be tuning in specifically to see how they address this man's mental health and how that empowers him to be able to go out and win fist fights with criminals. If True. that's not if that's not addressed in a way that I think it should be for me, I'm I'm not trying to be negative about it up front or anything like that, but if that's not addressed right up front, everything else is going to be a little bit watered down for me, brother. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it should be addressed. It it's a main part of the character. It's well known, and I think if they if they try to slim slide by us and not address it, it does leave a lot on the table of like, if you're not gonna address it, why did why you know why would you even do the character if you're not even gonna address that main aspect of the character? So, I think another, uh, one more thing I've I've noticed is like uh, physical handicap peep uh, superheroes as well is becoming more of a normal thing. Where in Hawkeye he has the hearing loss needs a hearing aid and we have the deaf uh hero in eternals heroine in eternals i forgot mm-hmm. her name gosh she was in walking dead um but you're seeing more of that too so i think that um as the superhero genre continues to grow and it's becoming more of a mainstay in the minds and hearts of people you're going to see more of a diversification of not just skin color with these heroes but also of 
di different physical and mental uh, conditions of these characters going forth to kind of bring in everybody to the table and say there's something reflecting almost everything on screen with these characters. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I, I most definitely agree with that. It it is an interesting conversation. Um, hopefully we don't get too much heat behind this, man. There's more that <laughs> there's more that can be said about this, but <laughs> I want to stay away from it without uh without getting us in too much trouble here, man. Right, right, right. I mean, I hear you on that, man. I hear you. I think we've been tactical, you know, been pretty tactical about this one. So, for all your listeners out there, let us know what you think about superheroes having mental illnesses or physical handicaps uh, in film, TV, media, etc. So leave us a comment below in the comment section. With that, we're out. Peace. On this channel, we have a kind of a history of the anime versus anime and manga versus American comic books discussions that regularly take place every episode or two. And with all this talk, I think there's one point that I think is an interesting dynamic between the two comparisons. And is that with, with manga, right? Usually the creator of the series is the main voice and the compass of the direction of the series. So you got a title like Dragon Ball with Akira Toriyama. Been writing the joint for over like 20, 30, 40 years by now, damn near. And he is the sole pen responsible for Dragon Ball Super. Well, Dragon Ball in general. Uh, on paper and then a little studio interference when it comes to the animation. But for the majority of it, it's, it's on him. They don't want to make anything without his direction, without his blessing on any of his material. And on the other hand, we have American comic books where they're rotating these guys out like a damn bullpen of a baseball game sometimes where you got guys who write six issues and they get rid of them and then bring in another writer writing 12 issues and then, you know, get rid of them. So I was just wondering, man, like in this current state of comic books and just a comic industry, do you think that American comic books would basically be enhanced and be better if we had more of a focus on the writer and more of a singular voice for a title such as like, you know, Captain America, Superman, Wonder Woman, Black Panther, etc. I mean, that's a tough question because I think with characters, there's peaks and valleys, you know, there's the high point of when the writer is doing their best work they could do creatively. And then there's kind of that low point where it just seems like, you know, they're, they're doing this because they have to. Case in point, to my knowledge, and I'm sure you'll be able to fill us in on this here. Todd McFarlane has been writing Spawn more or less for the last X amount of years, right? True. Yep. I mean... True, you had some times where, you know, Frank Miller came in, created a character, Neil Gaiman, all of that. But for the most part, this entire run of Spawn has been creatively 
headed up by one guy and one guy only. It's sure. good. I think there has to be like some kind of counterbalance. Mm-hmm. If it's a character like a Batman or a Superman that, you know, is desperately, desperately in need of some reworking, I would say ideally, depending on the reception of what's being given by the fans, let one writer oversee everything that goes on with a character for a year to two years. You know, in the case of a DC Comics, I think with them being so scatterbrained and telling stories that are multiversal and involve different things that are being brought up, I think that gets a little bit more difficult because mm. uh, 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 Jeff Johns' run on the Three Jokers and Batman, which you know we enjoy, in comparison to a John Ridley run on obviously not Bruce Wayne Batman it is it, I don't know I think it comes down to the storytelling I mm-hmm. can't say for sure that one writer controlling the direction of one character is a bad thing because it gives time for the reader to develop a relationship with the character and the writing style of the writer but I think it's 50-50 it can go either way man Tr- truth be told but I lean more in the camp of maybe let a writer have a one to two year run with a character and then see where we go from there. But DC Comics, they can't do that. With Marvel, they might be able to do it a little easier because, you know, I don't know what the state of Marvel Comics is right now. But that's kind of where I fall with it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty fair sentiment because, I mean, like you like you just mentioned, a a good example is James Tinian IV. Like, he's been in DC Comics for, like, ten years and has been dominating Batman for, like, five. You know, he's Batman is the hottest comic and arguably, like, the best comic at DC Comics. And that's all thanks to James Tinian. And, I mean, John really has his I Am Batman and then you have Jeff Johns with Three Jokers. You wouldn't have that if it was essentially just one guy kind of manipulating the whole character in their arc going forth, you know, carving out that one piece of the, a huge pie, one huge piece of a pie for DC's universe. Um, so I, I think it is, it is like a 50, 50 because when you have someone like, um, like I think John Jurgens who did, uh, action comics and Superman with DC rebirth, highly praised, you know, the Oz effect, like that was, Superman kind of getting back in his grind a little bit on on print, and then they brought in the bigger name Brian Michael Bendis on there, and then the reception has been like, eh, you know, it was like what happened to the quality or what happened to where the story was going with with um, Jurgens. So it is it is a little bit tricky, man. It is a little bit tricky. I think that, like you said, if it's if it's a writer who seems to grab the attention and the audience loves that writer and loves the direction of it you look at the consensus i think you you should owe them you know like a good two three you know four year run on the character like almost like yeah we're going to give you some time to to get yourself your feet wet and if it's just not clicking i'm sorry um you know on to the next person per se so i mean it happens all the times when we have like a series that you don't enjoy and then you're like you know what i'm gonna just wait i'm gonna wait six months 
I'm gonna wait a year until another writer gets on there. And then you you wait it out, and then you know, and then eventually the new writer hops on, and then you you're like, okay, great, now I can jump on again and and see this thing out. So it is a little bit tricky. It, I mean, it is different because in in Japan, the actually creator cr- the writer creates the IP and the property. While it seems like in America, it's like it's being rented, it's leased. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, all these titles and, or characters are damn near 50, 70, 80 years old. So, I mean, even back then, they kind of passed on the torch. Like, Stan Lee, I mean, his run on Spider-Man is it, it legendary, but it's not the longest run anymore, you know? Like, other writers have touched it far more than he has um, in the character's history. So... I feel you on it. It's, it's, it's a dual-edged sword. It definitely is like a, a dual-edged sword. And it just seems like ownership of the series also mm-hmm. is, is a little bit more protected in Japan. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely feels like, you know, like if Akira Toriyama, right? If he, mm-hmm. if like we had this gap. We had this gap between Dragon Ball GT and Dragon Ball Super. GT came out, uh, the last episode I think was like nine, 1997. Damn near, Dragon Ball Super didn't come out to 2015. Like, if that's mm-hmm. more from comics, Dragon Ball is being made in two years. <laughs> With or without Akira Toriyama. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they got units to move. They're, they're, gonna, they're gonna try their damnest to keep that machine pumping. And in Japan, it's like almost like a level of respect. Like, well, the creator is done with it, so... We're done with it. Like, we're not going to touch it. We'll move on to something else. And then if he wants, he or she wants to return to it, we'll do that. But it's definitely more, I'm not sure if they get better deals. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the financial gains that they have or ownership compared to America. But it does seem like there's more respect put towards those creators in Japan for their IPs than the ones over here in America. And you know what? I think, um, <laughs> I think there's another part of that too that we might be kind of missing here though. Mm. And okay, so to my knowledge, this w- this would require a little bit of research, but this kind of plays into a lot of things in American comic book culture because the dream for up until kind of this new generation, the dream for everybody was to write for the big two. Right. Which basically means your ideas, your thoughts, your characters, anything that you come along with while under those umbrellas, while you might have been the one to cook the food, you know, you don't get the credit for it. You don't get to name the dish per se. You don't get to mm. enjoy the fruits of that labor because it doesn't belong to you. How many how many guys created characters that they never continue to be able to work on because of the umbrella that they were under. Ooh, true, I, true. Damn. I'm, yep. not fam- I'm not familiar with manga and show and jump and all of that stuff there, but I'd be willing to bet, and you know, somebody can clear this up for us as well, but with Toriyama, who does he answer to in regards to what he does with his characters and his storylines? Who... <laughs> Who does he answer to? Who who's there to tell him, hey, this isn't what you're gonna do, or hey, you know, for the next however many issues, this is what's gonna go on, or 
this character is going to get written out for his own spinoff. Like, nobody can come to him and tell him that because that particular property is his. It belongs to him. I don't know that in this country, at least, outside of being an independent comic book writer, who else really has it like that? You know what I mean? Right, right. Ah, shit. Good point, man. Good-ass point. Because, I mean, that is very true. You, you hear the past about people who've written, like, I think Jim Starlin, the creator of Thanos, he cannot touch Thanos right now. He, you know, you know, he doesn't have, he can't be like, hey, Marvel, I want to write a new Thanos uh, miniseries. And they're like, okay, like, that that doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's a lot of creators or characters from Marvel and DC who cannot literally just go up to them and say, hey, I want to make a new series on this so you're right the ownership part of it is pretty much it is it is a different culture because you know when you think dragon ball and other animes i'm i'm bad with the names but like naruto's creator is like he's set you know what i'm saying like it's his it's his baby that naruto mm-hmm. is his you know what i'm saying over here it's it's marvels it's dc's you know what i'm saying it's not the individual that kind of has that ownership of it. And even in Japan, if it isn't, there's still a little bit more of that display. Like this is the, the, the brainchild of, you know, this is that, that person's gem and no one else can really run this machine. Like that person, like the original creator can. So it's like, you know, we'll have these gaps between of anime and manga. It's like, I wish they would continue it. In America, they would continue it. Over there, there's enough respect where, like, we could mess with it, but it may not turn out as the quality that we want it to be. So we would rather leave it on the shelf and let it sit for a bit, and then when, when the creator is ready to cook on it, we'll let him, you know, hit up the stove or whatever. So, damn, man, that, that's, that is a very damn fine point, man. And right. I think, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, and, and, and I think the other part of it, too, is we at least in this country, as far as all of that goes and our consumption of manga and anime, we're not conditioned to believe that if it's not branded under a certain umbrella, that that dictates the quality of it. True. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of of people who are creating their own IPs and their own interesting stories, but we're not interested in them without them being co-signed. Like, all it takes for a new hot manga, manhwa, whatever, you know, whatever it is, all it takes is just for that underground buzz to get established, and then guess what? Oh, we got a new anime premiering based on this property by this writer. That's all it takes. (laughs) (laughs) There is no, it's Shonen Jump or nothing, or... Mm -hmm. It's Funimation or nothing, or it's Viz. If it ain't from Viz Media, it ain't it ain't a real manga. Like there's none of that nope. bullshit per nope. se. You know what I'm saying? Nope. None of that branding. Mm-hmm. Man, that's yeah, just, man. That's that's because for whatever reason, you know, we've just been conditioned as consumers over here to look at it that way. But you know, to counter that, like I'm gonna say this though, you know, <laughs> I mean, how many guys have written Batman better than Frank Miller has? You know, how many how many people have written a um, how many people have written a daredevil better than Frank Miller? So there is something to be said in 
may be giving these writers an extended kind of run with these characters to be able to flesh some things out. But it, you know, it kind of goes it kind of goes both ways. I, what I would like to see personally, for example, you know, we we got DC Future State going on right now, right? Or is that still going on? We just got remnants of those characters. Some of those characters are still going on. <laughs> oh, okay. but so yeah, it is already out of there. <laughs> it is kind of out of there. Well, I mean, I guess for the sake of a conversation, each time you kind of rebrand and hit the reset button, if it's not like a big time team up, like let's just say tomorrow DC hits the reset button again on whatever mm-hmm. it is that they're what they're doing. Okay, cool. So whoever's going to write Batman for this new iteration of DC, give them that run. Let let Batman be theirs for this new setup so that maybe the readers can get a new twist on Batman. But I don't mm. think that I don't think that the comic books industry is leaning towards that, but nothing wrong with that, man. I think it's kind of like with, with movies sometimes, you know, sometimes with certain movies, they're, they're better under one director, you know, mm-hmm. until, and until recently, you know, Sam Raimi was the best director for Spider-Man. There was something about what he was able to do with those characters and that world to where that was the best version of it that we got. Same with Christopher Nolan and so many other directors attached to these big time properties. But then True. when you get your one offs and things that kind of branch out, that's when it gets a little bit hazy. But I don't know. I think. The vision of the person behind the pen is important until it reaches its peak, and then that might be time time to pack it up a little bit. Mm. Now, with that, could it be ultimately the detriment of the storytelling? Because we always say, mm-hmm. none of this shit counts. None of this shit matters. And I'll use Black Panther uh, for for example, so mm-hmm. Black Panther just got a new run by John Ridley, the current writer for I Am Batman and uh, the other side of DC history. Pretty much, that's my number one guy right now in the industry for writing. And he just started Black Panther with two issues. So Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote Black Panther for like four or five years now for Marvel, and pretty much you could sum up his whole five year run. In a sense, at the end of it, it's like, okay, well, Black Panther is no longer king. Wakanda has a democracy, and they have this whole intergalactic empire of Wakanda. But John really's not even touching the intergalactic part. He's only touching the part that Black Panther is no longer king. So when you have writers who do their run, and the stakes seem high, and then you hit the reset button... It kind of it could potentially hurt, you know, the story of like of us thinking that none of this counts, none of this matters. It's almost like each run is a self-containing story that doesn't really build upon itself throughout time. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, you look at One Piece with all their volumes. There is no reset button. You start at chapter one and you work your way up to chapter 500 or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And for comic books, we always say, well, I want a story that matters. If if you keep hitting that reset button, if you keep getting a new writer every year, two years, whatever, a year, and they basically have a new status quo, so it's like, hey, 
the previous status quo happened, but we have a new status quo for people to jump in now. So it's like your your previous status quo doesn't even count anymore mm-hmm. because they kind of cleared the air to make room for a new writer so they could put their new stipulation and twist on it. Yep. So it, it could kind of hurt the story in the long run if you keep swapping them in and out. No, that's that's a good point, man. And, you know, just for a, a wrestling kind of analogy, that's like what that's like when somebody from the main roster comes up from NXT. You know, we got to pretend we got to pretend just because this is a character in a new setting that everything that happened before never happened. Right. <laughs> oh, dude, man. Spot on, dude. Spot we, on. We, we got to treat everything else like it never happened because this is kind of the new thing here. So let me ask you this, then. Do you think is it possible like. Because, I mean, as, 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 as an independent comic book writer. And somebody that is putting ideas together constantly, this is the question that I want to ask you then. So let's say you're working on a story. You, you got Florida Tales, for example. You know, you are the voice behind Florida Tales. At mm-hmm. some point, you and Von L kind of get to discuss some ideas. And it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to let you, I'm going to let Von L come in and, you know, take a run with these characters for a little bit, just to, just to give me a little bit of a rest. Do you think there should be kind of a soft handoff between writers? Should there be a focus on continuity and what's going on? Should the new writer kind of just take the continuity and give it their own twist? Like, how do you ensure continuity but also allow a writer to get off their vision? I think... Because- uh Oh, go ahead. My bad, my bad. Because I'm, I'm thinking about the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> what a fumble of a handoff, huh? <laughs> right, right, right. Oh uh, shit! I mean that that that's a good statement, man. I and I think in J- in Japan they already do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Akira Toriyama, he isn't. I mean, he's behind it, but he's kind of passing the torch on to another another new guy by the name of Toritaro. And he's really illustrating and putting the manga together with the help and the mentorship of Akira, uh, of Toriyama. So mm-hmm. I think that definitely would help with continuity and keeping the stakes and keeping the the story, I guess, more structured. Uh, so, yeah, if, if I'm writing like Tales of Florida, 10 issues, I'm going to take a break. I say, hey, Von L., why don't you, you know, why don't you, you know, have some fun with the characters for two, three issues and kind of like a handoff to that, to a person that, you know, who would be well suited, you know, what I'm saying to pick up the story who you think, hey, they might have a good twist on this. Like, let me let me seek this person out and say, hey, you want to take over such and such for me? Uh, you know, what I'm saying that might be a better a way to to carry on writers and continue a story rather than just like. Hey, your last issue is number 12, and then we're going to give it to somebody else. And then from there, you don't even talk to them. Like, you write your, your last issue, and you move on. It's up to the other writer to come in, do a little research, do some back, you know, without even talking to some. Some probably do, and some don't. They just take what they have and run with it, or don't even look at it and just do something completely new, like Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I 
I'm down with that. I think I think that's a good process and that's a good that's a good way to kind of keep the stakes high. And I mean, there's obviously positives. In the past, I think different writers worked. We wouldn't have the death of Gwen Stacy if um Roger Stern didn't take over for Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have like the Winter Soldier if we didn't have um Ed Brubaker, I always butcher his name, to take over for Captain America. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like Frank Miller, we wouldn't have Frank Miller's run uh, for Daredevil or The Dark Knight if there wasn't that cons- you know, that 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 carrying the torch, passing torch to somebody else. I think in the past that was good with the model, but nowadays I think more linear. I think to, you keep it simple because you know, again, one of the problems you said, hey, I want to get into Black Panther. Where do you start? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to get into Spider Man. Where do you start? You know, I think they need to keep it linear as possible and having one voice, one vision for a character is a, is a, is a definitely a good answer to keep things as simplistic as possible. And it makes you more interested. Like, hey, I just can't drop out of Aquaman at issue 10, you know what I'm saying? Because Aquaman at issue 20 or issue 30, is it builds upon it. It's like, oh, I got to go back to Aquaman 1, you know what I'm saying, to... to just to keep up the stakes of the of the story, so I think in the past it worked. In the in the in the current state, I think it would do more good than harm to kind of keep give these characters a run with a writer and seriously run with it. Like future state, John Ridley with I Am Batman with Jace Fox, Tim Fox, excellent, excellent, superb. When Jace Fox is in another person's hands. <laughs> It's just, you know, it's it's not the same. You know, yeah. I just say, you know, I just say it's not the same. Yeah, it gets a little it gets a little choppy. Right, right. And I'll be honest with you, like, if the character would to get uh carried on, passed on to another writer, I you know, I'd have a short leash. I'll be honest with you. Like you got one or two issues. Mm-hmm. And if it ain't there, that's not gonna work for me, brother. <laughs> and I'm done. I'm not gonna buy any more Jace Fox comics, simply because I'm more of a, I'm a fan of the character and I enjoy that writer's work on that character to the point where it's, it's no longer the same for me. I just will not continue purchasing it for the sake of purchasing it. You know, I agree. So. I definitely agree with that. You know, it'd be nice if, well, okay. So, so, you know, kind of off topic here then. How big of an importance is continuity in comic books? Let's just say we can snap our fingers and uh-huh. tomorrow and tomorrow everything we knew about comic books never happened. And from tomorrow until you know the next time somebody is in power to make all of this happen, everything resets. If you had it your way. And you could control all comic books. Would everything be on one linear, straight continuity path? Like, hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. let's really, let's really think about that, bro. Like, how would you, if you could control that, how would you have that? Uh I would. I wouldn't. I would almost keep it almost the same as now. I wouldn't mind alter. I would have like you know your Earth six one six, your main continuity. I wouldn't mind 
different realities or different takes, you know, your Elseworld stories, I would not hit the reset button so many freaking times. You know hmm. what I'm saying? I would try to keep it more. I wouldn't have a volume two Batman one and volume three Batman one and a volume six <laughs> Batman one. Like, I would fuck all that bullshit. I would just have volume one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like, and and keep it in a sequential order. So, damn, I would, I would, I would fine tune some things, but I ultimately, um, I, I, man, that is, that is a, that is a tricky question, man. That is a tricky question. I mean, it works so well for manga. And the thing with manga is like, it's Dragon Ball's Dragon Ball or Naruto or whatever, Demon Slayer. It's only one character, one main character. Oh, good point. Good it's point. It's not a whole world of characters. So the good thing with them, they only have to focus on Dragon. So imagine if Dragon Ball and damn, let's just just art, you know, conversation's sake. Say Dragon Ball, Naruto, and One Piece were all in the same freaking universe. How much of the storytelling would be different if Cell was to blow up the damn planet right in the middle of an arc with Naruto or something like that? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then you have to juggle, you know, you juggle one, three characters. Imagine juggling 20, 30 characters in, in a continuity with each other. So it could get, you know, a little messy in that in that regard. So... I, I mean, Ultimate Comics did that. Marvel did that with Ultimate. It worked <laughs> for a certain amount of time. It worked for like yeah. 10 years. It worked. It did. It did. It did. Yeah. It worked for 10 years. So it's not impossible. But, it, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it's a good, it, it's very tricky. It can go a lot of different ways, man. There's, I think there's a really a clear cut answer. But damn, dude, I mean, it, 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 I think it, it would help to try to just clean things up a little bit more where, you know, with DC Future State, it was like they're in the future, futuristic flying cars and all that shit. And you buy I Am Batman and all that futurism is gone. It's like present day. So it's like, where was this? Like, now I'm kind of confused. Like. Where did where does this take place? Because you know Bruce Wayne was gone in you know I am Batman. He died or whatever. Like he was no longer Batman. Batman was missing. But in I am Batman, Bruce Wayne is still active. The others are still active. So again, cleaning up a little bit of that continuity of like what happened in the future and happening in the past and all that. I I would try to streamline it as much as possible. What they really should have done was just killed off the Justice League. Like, now there's a new storyline of killing off the Justice League, and it's like, Future State already did that. Like, there were no more. Future State should have been your hopping on point, and you make a two, three, four-year investment into making this a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, soft reboot sucks, because it's like, it's a soft reboot. It's a, even, it's a worse reboot than a normal reboot, because <laughs> it's shorter, and it, and it pulls everything back even worse, in more confusing ways, so... Oh man, it, it, I'm rambling here, but man, I, I don't think I have a direct answer to that per se. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a tricky, it's a very tricky kind of situation to navigate. But 
you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, I think there's always going to be, there's always going to be writers. There's always going to be stories. There are always going to be characters out there to be able mm-hmm. to tell a story. I will say, <laughs> you know what, nah, I'm going to leave Milestone out of this. We're going to leave him alone for the night. But that's all I got. <laughs> hmm. That's all I got on this one, brother. But it, it'll be interesting to see how some of these things shape up because Toriyama ain't slowing down. Um, manga ain't slowing down. The Dragon Ball Super movie is going to be excellent. And, you know, it is what it is. The status quo here and the status quo over there are two different things. And it's just something that we got to deal with for now, man. For sure, for sure. And for all you listeners out there, let, let us know what you think. Do you think Marvel, DC, American Comics, should they have more of a single voice and vision behind their characters and IPs like and manga in Japan? So... I, I just want to get your take on, on um. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess I want to get your take. Obviously, you know the plan was to do a creators' corners today. Mm-hmm. I want to get your take just real quickly. To what extent should a creator of media, whether it be you know comic books, podcasting, acting, whatever, to what extent should the person who is the center of the art, to what extent should that person be engaging with, you know, us normal folk on social media? Because I, I, I see it as being a good thing and a bad thing, you know, because <laughs> we discussed we discussed the creator of Black Sands Entertainment. Mm-hmm. You showed me some some things going on on Facebook as well. And that guy. That guy doesn't take no prisoners, man. No, he that, doesn't. That 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 dude doesn't fuck around at all when it comes to his brand and the way that he feels about his brand. But to what extent should a creator engage like that? And how do you feel about the whole idea of that in general? I think you should I think it's good to have healthy engagement with fans or people who enjoy your content or enjoy your art you know what i'm saying um when it becomes more of a detriment when it becomes unhealthy when you're i guess you're scrolling through all the comments and all the facebook groups that might be the time to pull back um Mm -hmm. that might be the time to pull back when you start seeing direct like comments of like were potentially threats uh slander or just like just a whole lot of off the wall shit i think that's when it's your time to you know it takes away time for your creativity it takes away time for your productivity um of just engaging constantly on social media you know i i, I think you engage a little bit and then you save it for the convention you save it for your live streams where people input it right then and there. Um, I think too much is definitely not 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 a good thing. I think 
I think it's owed somewhat because, you know, it's, if it's honest fan reaction, if it's honest criticism, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of due, you know what I'm saying? Cause, because they supported you and they gave their honest opinion on your art or they want to help you support you, but they also have like, Hey, you could do X, Y, Z or Hey, I loved it. This is great. This is phenomenal. So I, I think it's, it's, I think it's, it's due. You should interact with fans. You should interact with people who enjoy your art because it makes them happy and it makes yourself happy. But when you start getting into more of the darker side, when you start thinking like, yo, this person, this person scrolled through my profile just to find one picture of me. Like, Because when we ask a question, like, man, that's an old photo. That's like a five-year photo. So you were scrolling for a bit to find this one photo. Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that's when it, you know, it becomes sort of unhealthy because, I mean, as much as we, as people want to, you know, oh, I'm a tough guy or this stuff will never affect me. It could, you know, it, it does affect you, especially if you start seeing more of it. It does affect you. I mean, obviously, especially if you have a chip on your shoulders, like this, like the owner, Manuel Godoy, like he has like a CM Punk flair to him almost, you know what I'm saying? And his responses and his videos. So, oh, of course, it, it, you know, of course, it could rile you up. It could put a flame in you to, you know, to do better, or to work harder, or to show the fruits of your label to just say as a F you to all, all your, your haters. But, there's only so much you can take before you just go off the rails and before it can affect your mental health. I don't care who you are. I don't care how big you are. I don't care if you're a podcaster, if you're, if you're a movie actor, whatever, right? If you, if you, if you consume too much social media and you have people affecting your mental health and which reflect your physical health, I think you have to, you have to shut it off and you definitely will have to deal find a healthy way to deal with uh, your criticism and haters and people making off the world, off the wall comments and threats. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look at, look at like, you know, someone like, like a Joe Budden or I'm saying, oh man, (laughs) I mean, you know, and and even him himself will say, I got to get off the internet. You know what I'm saying? Even he's (laughs) self-aware of, you know, the scenario of just too much, on on Twitter too much on on anything you know so it, it could it, it's owed on in healthy dosages it's owed on healthy dosages if everyone's having fun and it, and it's heartfelt and it's honest and true sincere but well, of course it's the internet I don't know that's that's what I gotta say well, well no you you make a good point and the part of it that kind of just makes me wonder a little bit is when man. When, 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 okay, because what's the balance here? When, when uh-huh. somebody is offering a negative opinion about something for no reason, instead of just saying, you know what, like I said before, I hate to sound like a broken record, but instead of just stating, hey, you know what, that wasn't for me, I just wasn't all that into it. Why, as, as consumers, it's almost like because you are in this forum of social media, you can step all the way over the line, right? Right. But then when the person whose attention you are looking to get gives you some of that attention, instantly 
you know, I think there is a tendency for people to try to play the victim a little bit and make it make it out to seem as though they're the ones that are being targeted by this big person on their high horse. Like, like I don't know, man. I like to see it. I do like to see when people are engaging and addressing some of those criticisms. Right. But it's just not fair that the trolls get to win. I guess that's the part of it I don't really like that much. You know, this this brother at Black Sands takes no prisoners and basically is 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 offering anybody the invite to say whatever they want to say because he's going to clap back at them right right <laughs> then and there. You know what I'm saying? Right on yep. the spot in real time, but not every situation is going to go like that. So for you as an example, like <laughs> to what extent do you think that guys like you, Von L, O Kingdom Come, to what extent do you guys anticipate being able to engage? Because, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Everybody's personality is different, but I can see Von L not really being too excited about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone has their own threshold. I mean, mm-hmm. Sometimes, like on, on on posts, whatever, I'll I'll show some kind of outrageous shit, and I'll send it to Vonnell, and he'd be like, "What's the group? Tag me in." You know, say like, you know, sometimes like, "Look, we're going in. Tag me in. Mention me in the comment. Uh, I got something to say." You know, um, and I mean, and other times it's just like it's not even worth it. You know, it's just you know the the troll game. Troll game is hard, man. The troll game can go hard, and um. You know, I think it's it's really on self. Like, are you doing it for amusement? Are you are you commenting for amusement? Are you commenting to try to defend an opinion? Are you commenting to try to raise awareness or to educate, to inform? Um, it really just depends on the intent. You know, like some people they live for that. They wanna, you know, they wanna get in debates. Like, oh no, 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 no. This way, X, Y, and Z. This is the reason why. That's the reason why. And if you did it this way. It wouldn't turn out that way. You know, some people live for it and some people don't. Some people don't want to engage in that kind of behavior online because ultimately in the end, nine times out of ten, you're not changing anyone's opinion. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, uh, it's almost like self Everyone has a self-victory. You feel like you won. They feel like they won. They feel like they defended their points. You know what I'm saying? Even if everyone gains up into one person, it's like you guys are... Just don't like me, so you're getting up on me. It's not because I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? So at, at one point, it's just like, you know, I understand now why some people turn the comment section off. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand. Before, I used to feel like, oh, they lost. Why'd you, if you turn the comment section off, you may, they won. You know what I'm saying? They they. They want it over you because you 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 had you couldn't take it. But now I kind of understand. It's like if you met if you know it, it really doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't want the comments on because you don't want to deal with it. I'm fine. Yeah, have the comment section off because ultimately it's up to you as a person to identify. Do I want to deal with it or not? Everyone has their own right to deal with something if they if they don't want to. You know what I'm saying? Even if you put out an opinion out there and you state it as fact you turn the comment section off so someone no one will debate you on it that's still your your right to do so you know what i'm saying and um i i totally get you know just being like you said two years now on this 
on this podcast on on being in these social circles and being a creator now, engaging in a different way oh, that I've never seen before. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I definitely could see how, why it's just like you comment section off, put the the security up on your page to Man. private, you know, the whole DM me for more info shit. Like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the fucking Wild West out there, man. It right. really is. Wait, so has anyone ever DM'd you off of, has anyone ever actually like privately messaged you for any content that you've released from this podcast? Uh, no, not 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 in the sense of like just a private threat or something. Everyone's pretty much been pretty open. If they want to call call me a coon, they'll call me a coon on the <laughs> comment section. They won't they won't privately do it. So I enjoy that. Everyone's open at least so far. Oh man. <laughs> Cause there's nothing like nothing like me. <laughs> oh man, like this is crazy, bro. There's nothing like being criticized. There's nothing like being criticized for content by someone who didn't even click on the video to hear what was being said. There's nothing like that. Like that's a special yeah. feeling right there, bro. It is. It is. It's a weird feeling of like almost like. I'm gonna say it's like power, but it's like, yo, like you really so riled up. Like you wrote like almost a college essay, and you didn't even bother to check the video out. It's like when you stated in the comment that you didn't watch the video, but proceeded to type 500 more words. Yeah. Okay, okay, I guess that makes I guess that makes sense, right? Like, how am I? You know, it's like it's so weird. Like you. It's like again, it's just so freaking it's the Wild West, bro, and it's just like I don't know, man. It's 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 you you have to you got you have to have a chip on your shoulder and you and you really you try not to take it to heart to certain things, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, just oh, like why would look at uh, just some of the comments be killing me, man. It's like, "Oh, look at you trying to get attention for your video. I'm not going to click on it." It's like well, no, duh. I'm on social media. Like everyone's on here for attention, dumbass. Look at you. You're you're commenting on my video, craving for attention for people to stop giving me attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, man! Cue that Spider-Man meme of them pointing at each other, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah, it it, it really is up to the individual to gauge you got to know how much you can take and how much you can you can you can pull man like so yeah it's really up to the individual if you know you're not up to build built for it don't don't engage you know what i'm saying just don't engage keep it friendly keep it brief and, and keep pressing you know the more time you're on facebook and social media not marketing yourself you're wasting your time and taking away time that you could be writing your scripts, writing whatever, doing whatever, and rather than wasting your time responding to everybody. It's like the one damn was it the 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 Elmo GIF or whatever where he's just type typing mad on the keyboard. Like that's how some people are, man, on social media. They just they just want to tear your ass up in the comment section because they're bored or whatever, you know. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man, man, man! All right, I, I, 
That was just a little sidebar. Yeah, man, that's a good little side joint. A little sidebar because yeah. this shit is getting out of hand, man. Like either you like the guy or don't like the guy, but like it's not it, like we, we. I don't know, man. I just don't get it, bro. Like I don't, I don't get know, it either. When did it become cool to knock somebody's hustle, man? Like, I don't yeah, know, man. It's just you, the hate is strong with everyone. Like, I, I mean, look, you could feel a way about it all you want to. You you could feel a way about it. I'm not I'm I'm not gonna dictate. Yeah. To try to tell somebody how they should feel about anything, but I would never publicly slander somebody just because I'm not a fan of their work. Like I, I don't know, man. It's well, something. Uncle <laughs> Jack, you know, uh, well, you know that such and such studios was doing it well before Black Sands, you know, by by 2014, 2012. So. I don't know why Black Sands getting all this attention when such and such studios was doing it way before then. Like, and you're good for them. Like, what do you? What I, you <laughs> much respect to both. Like, oh, huh? <laughs> what? Oh man! Like, okay, all right, buddy. Oh, oh I mean. <laughs> Do you yeah. get a award or something? Like, oh, you knew this black indie company that was doing comics before Black Sands. Oh, you get an award? You get a medal or something? Yeah. Like, what, what do you want? A cookie? Like, okay. I don't, <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, man. I don't know anymore. Yeah, man. You can't, you can't be surprised anymore. You really, you can't be surprised. I mean, you think you can't be surprised, and then you're like, something new just shows up, and you're just like, wow. Okay. <laughs> nope. Good point, man. What we got next, bro? I'm a true school I'm a true school I'm a true So, we are a few days removed from the premiere of Peacemaker on HBO Max. This is uh, directed by James Gunn, directed back-to-back with the Suicide Squad film, so there isn't any missing momentum or any missing anything. He just rolled right into it, did the series, and now it's out currently on HBO Max. You got a chance to check out a couple episodes or an episode or two, and what's your impression so far on it, man? Oh man. <laughs> um Peacemaker is very interesting in that hmm. in it, it oh man, how do I even describe this? With with John Cena, let's start there. Okay. Let, let, let's start there with John Cena as as Peacemaker. The casting for him in this part is perfect. I don't hmm. know. From what I've seen in the Suicide Squad movie and what I've seen through two and a half episodes of Peacemaker right now, I got to say, I can't imagine anybody else playing that part. I can't. I, I, I don't know how true it was that they almost got Big Dave to play Peacemaker or whatever, but I'm glad it was John Cena because his goofy, his goofy kind of deadpan-ish, you know, personality that uh-huh. 
obviously we came accustomed to through watching him wrestle has been turned up to 20. It's been turned up to level 20 with him portraying Peacemaker. So it's almost like you're getting the version of the guy that you always knew, but this is like the version. Unfiltered. Absolutely. This is mm. the version I could clear. I could imagine the way that John Cena is as Peacemaker. This would have been him as a heel in WWE. Oh, man. Just gotcha. Gotcha. The, the level of him being oblivious to the fact that he's around people that want him to die. That's been his character for the last 15 years in WWE. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, oh, shit. so just, you know, the fact that James Gunn is there as a director, again, you get that continuity between the Suicide Squad movie and the show. Now, the production value of the show is a little bit cheaper, but it's okay because it all makes sense. It makes sense for you to see this character in dimly lit, trashy, dirty, kind of white, trashy type mm. areas because that is the character of Peacemaker. Right, right. <laughs> and they, they, through the two episodes that I've seen, I like that they've explored that. Of course, this fucking guy has a muscle car patterned after the American flag. Of course he does. <laughs> of course yep. he wears the full fucking outfit even when he goes to the bar because why not, right? <laughs> of course this guy has a fucking pet bald eagle. You know what I'm saying? Even though owning a bald eagle is actually illegal in real life. <laughs> you know, oh, I shit. And it's just crazy because, you know, the type of individuals that I'll say that got James Gunn quasi-canceled back in 2018, it's almost like this is their superhero. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm oh, man. I'm, I'm telling you, bro. A little I'm meta, huh? Hmm? A little meta? It is. Absolutely. Uh. This is their guy. Peacemaker is their guy. Peacemaker is the <clears throat> and I don't want to sound politically incorrect when I say this, but Peacemaker is kind of that that alt-right, edgelord type of guy's superhero. <clears throat> it's, the thing that becomes interesting about it is that you're seeing this character put in a setting with different types of people put in a diverse kind of environment. And I think as the season progresses, you're going to see that character deal with the conflicts of having to change who he is. He's mm. still a bad guy. He's around people who are not good guys. But because he is who he is, he's going to be forced to change. Now, you think about that. <laughs> in this, a lot of people don't like being forced into change. Right, right. I don't want to spoil anything because you haven't seen it yet. But um, <laughs> there's there's going to be something that happens between him and a, and an important character where the change has to come. Because I okay, I don't know much about the character of Peacemaker on page. Do you? Because I don't. Nope, didn't hear about him till the movie. 
it just doesn't surprise me that in another reality, Peacemaker and the comedian were going to be the same guy. Oh, right? that's right, right. But there's a character on this show that I think who's going to have an arc of who the comedian would have turned into if, you know, some, some paths got crossed, if some boxes got ticked off. There's a character in this show right now who is what Eddie Blake probably would have ended up being in real life. Ooh. All right. All right. That's dope. That's dope. And on the other end of it, as far as the comedic kind of aspects of it, it's perfect. If not, like we we talked about the boys. The boys kind of gives you that balance a little bit of making you laugh and keeping you engaged in the action scenes and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Peacemaker also does that, but I'm going to say they do it with better dialogue that makes you laugh more consistently. Mm. Like, I even, like, my wife watched the first two episodes. Yeah, we watched the first two episodes. She watched the first two episodes and was fucking cracking up, bro. She fell asleep at the theater watching the Suicide Squad. And it's like watching Peacemaker, we haven't missed a beat. You know what I'm saying? This show is actually pretty fucking funny, too. I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was. Uh-huh. Watching it just makes me wonder, like, bro, think about all of the things that had to go wrong in order for us to even get this right now, right? If, <laughs> if James Gunn doesn't get fired by Disney, and then, in turn, David Ayer doesn't fuck up the first Suicide Squad movie, we don't get the new Suicide Squad movie. True. You know what I'm saying? We don't. <laughs> then we don't get Peacemaker on HBO Max, and we don't get John Cena as Peacemaker. All of these strange events had to take place in order for us to get what we're getting right now. And as a result of it, I think it's a pretty good TV show that's fitting into this era of D and C-less superheroes kind of getting their own runs on live TV. Um, If anything, this reminds me of, um, I mentioned the boys, but remember when Amazon Prime kind of tried to bring the tick back? Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that now. I think this is, I get get them kind of vibes too, bro. I'm I'm getting Hmm. those kind of vibes too. A little bit like I'm I'm interested in everything that the character is doing from episode to episode. And that's a testament to what they're doing. It's a testament to John Cena like that dude is in his bag. It's going to I think it's going to be a very long time before we see him wrestling again, man. Yeah, he ain't coming back. Fuck that shit. No, nope. <laughs> you know, hell no. Nah. Yeah, with, with, with fast with the Fast and Furious, that might have been a little bit too serious. I don't need to see John Cena trying to be like the guy that's mean mugging and all of that. I don't. I don't need. Yeah, to see that. Stone Cold Killer. Nah, nope. that didn't work for him. Nope. I don't. I nope. don't need to see any of that. For the time being, man, let that man rock out as Peacemaker. Um, right. Right. And, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you got it. You got it. Uh, I was just gonna say that I remember. Uh, I remember when we watched Falcon Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and I think I said we don't need another Captain America parody. 
with mm-hmm. John Walker and Homelander. I think we said I said they couldn't be top. There's no need for another Captain America kind of Golden Boy parody character. Mm-hmm. And James Gunn said, "Yeah, you do." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I think Peacemaker is a wonderful, great addition to that kind of. Uh, he's got he's got to go on an all time list of like greatest parodied characters of all time in terms of the inspiration of Captain America, obviously, and like the Superman type, and just the way they executed this. Like the boys are in hot seat. You think the boys' throne's been challenged? Yep, I think so. Mm. I, I I definitely think so. It, there's just something I can't quite put. I can't quite put my hand on it yet, but mm-hmm. there's something about this. Like, ah, man, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I don't know. And just, I think it's just the the continuity between the movie and the show, and the fact that the the timing is still there. John Cena and James Gunn are still on the same comedic timing that they were on in the Suicide Squad. It's mm-hmm. just on a lower scale with a lower budget and a smaller cast. So the picture is getting a little bit smaller. So it's almost like the focus is even more, you know what I'm saying? The focus is even more there. Like the shots are hitting the target a lot easier because of the reduced level of uh, production and everything like that. I don't know. I'm, I plan on finishing season one. I don't know if there can be a season two or whatever. It just makes me wonder, though, bro. Like, why couldn't we get something like this 10 years ago? You know what I'm saying? Why couldn't mm. we get, Why could we not get this a while ago, bro? Because it just feels like this is something that's always been there, but we just now are able to get to it, man. Like, if John Cena was a heel... 10 years ago, bro, he'd be even bigger than he ended up being now. <laughs> For True. real. Because this, this is some quality work here, man. Straight up and down. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming they, they're going to make a call for Ryan Reynolds for the Suicide Squad, too. Oh, man. <laughs> like, uh, bro, see, yeah, and, and they did kind of, there's a little bit of that, too, there. There's a little bit of, there's a little bit of Deadpool in that, too. I, I, I'll definitely give you that. There's a little okay. bit. There, there's some elements of that in there as well, just with the type of humor that's mm-hmm. in there. And but the thing with Deadpool is that they they did make you feel some things in both of those movies, and I'm interested to see if they can pull that off there as well. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, they they've been challenged, man. The Boys, mm-hmm. Peacemaker. It's it's definitely that that satire yep. superhero comedy genre is now I don't, I would say probably it's at its peak, you know what I'm saying? Probably at yep. its peak. So, for Deadpool 3 to come out now after you know, the bar has been raised. Like no one's going to give a fuck about John Walker for Falcon and no. Soldier. Like I'm sorry, like pretty he's pretty uh timid now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, "Oh, he killed the guy with the shield." Now nah, it's like, "Who cares?" Like Peacemaker's done a lot worse. Homelander's yeah. done a lot worse. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, just, yeah. It, it's, it's just crazy, man. James Gunn, 
is is enjoying is enjoying that cake right now, man. Enjoying his cake right now, bro. Like yeah, deservingly so. Yep, he's definitely getting his flowers right now, man. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't know if there's gonna be a season two of this show, but when you get around to watching this show, bro, and you see the opening credits to this fucking show, you're gonna be like, "Wow, okay, this is <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where we at right here. This is this is really. I didn't know. I didn't want this." But I didn't know that I needed this. When you mm-hmm. see these opening credits, man, like straight up and down, it has. Like I can't give it away, bro. I can't do that. Right, right. We're we gonna we're gonna come back to this and do a full season review. I'm gonna catch up, and you're gonna finish up the season. Yeah. And, uh we're gonna catch up because I right. I'll be honest with you, I really want to see a continuation of James Gunn's Suicide Squad universe, man. Even if it isn't a movie. Having another season of a different character of some sort, like I like to see this continue, man, because he's That'd got nice. he's got some gold right here, man. Like DC is on a, you know, I know it doesn't. Maybe I hope this shit is a hit, man. I hope it it attracts some viewers for the for the app, man, because mm-hmm. I like to see some sort of continuation because it's just gold, dude. It's 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 gold, man. Like all mm-hmm. of it, I love all of it, man. And they need a they need something on the board, yep. man, even if it doesn't exactly have the numbers to reflect mm-hmm. i guess what they want this is something that they can keep going this is an investment almost like you, mm-hmm. you can keep this shit going for a few years you know what i'm saying and build this shit up to the point where by the time these suicide squad too when you want to make that shit you know we could be out of a pandemic and people are back in the theater so I agree. hopefully man hopefully I, I, I agree my last kind of word on that brother is <laughs> my last word on this man is just um fucking James Gunn man like they gave away three the first three episodes of Peacemaker premiered the same day on HBO Max dog mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the first three I don't think if I had to guess there's probably only going to be about eight episodes that seems more standard now for TV shows anyway. They gave away right. almost like one third of the season in one weekend. So, <laughs> you know, I think they are trying to check the pulse and see what they get back in return. And I hope that they end up getting something satisfactory because until they run dry of what it is that they're doing, they need to keep this going, man. To be continued on the rest of Peacemaker season one, man. For damn. Hell cool. yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Basically, in the last few days, Netflix just announced that they're raising the price to about was it twenty dollars? I think a month. Yep. <laughs> for their streaming platform, and yep, yep. And HBO Max was like, uh, "We'll cut you a deal. We're going to get you guys twenty percent off our streaming platform." Um, as a direct answer to Netflix, and man, I, I've, I've been hearing some people complain about Netflix. I've been hearing people saying that hey. Uh, this is kind of getting out of hand and 
I'm barely on there anymore, and I, 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 if they go up anymore, I'm going to cut it. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest with you, I don't believe them. Nope. <laughs> nope. Where's that cap button at? Where's the, where's the cap? Where's Urban the cap? stripes. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Where, where's the cap? Ain't nobody uh, that's it. Netflix, bro. Nope. Nobody. You know what I'm saying? They said price of the brick going up. Going right? up. Right, you know right. Saying? They they made that deal with Sony. Mm-hmm. And 2022 is gonna be gonna be one of them years on Netflix, bro. They trying to do a victory lap on all of them right now, man. Um, in this series of combos that we've had, the streaming wars, it's been a while since we kind of discussed this. So it's been a minute, yeah. I, I guess because I did a little bit of research. I mean, it's twenty dollars a month for what they call, I think, the premium membership. So the $20 a month, and no, this is not a paid advertisement for Netflix at all, (laughs) for the record. But through the research I did, the $20 a month is, I guess, to stream in in ultra 4K to the highest definition of whatever it is that you can stream. You can still pay whatever their lowest price is, but not stream in HD or 4K. Ooh, no HD, huh? Yep. So it's not like you're being given the choice of either you pay this or you don't get Netflix. I mean, let's keep it real, bro. Like, how many streaming services offer a plan that's a reduced price where you still have to sit through ads? Mm. Yeah, a lot of them. Damn near all of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fucking... Like, I got the Peacock app for free, but I got to sit through ads to where it's like, man, I'm not turning this on right now. I'm not watching. <laughs> I'm not watching nothing on this app or on. Yeah, I'm not watching nothing on Peacock because I'm, I'm not sitting through ads, bro. I'm not fucking doing that. Right. Yeah. That's it's ass. <laughs> but we already went on Peacock, man. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, Paramount Plus probably has a similar plan that offers ads. Hulu obviously has their ad-free plan. If Netflix really wanted to get on their bullshit, bro, that basic plan could just be whatever that singular price is per month with mm, ads. With ads. Ooh. They have, like, they like bro, there's, too. there's enough original content on Netflix for them to give you ads on top of ads if they really wanted to do it. You ain't telling no lies, man. You ain't telling no lies. They really could. They really could be on their bully right now. They could they could they could raise the price up to ten dollars. I mean yep. what yep. you gonna do about it? You're gonna pay. You're gonna, you're <laughs> gonna pay. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna sail the high seas and see what you can do with that. Okay. I mean, see yep. how far you do with that. Yep, because I mean the thing with Netflix, and I, I guess we haven't really focused much on them throughout this series of convos that we had, but yeah, the thing with Netflix that I think kind of sets them apart from everybody else is the content at this point in time. You know, you're not going to be able to watch The Witcher anywhere else but Netflix. Mm-hmm. Only place you'll be able to watch it. I don't know if there's a DVD release of season one of The Witcher. I don't know. I doubt there is, though. I mean... I mean, it took Daredevil like three years for that shit to hit Blu-ray. Season one. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) 
you know, you know, my mom is actually starting to watch K drama on 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 Netflix, dog. Uh-huh. I seen I seen scrolling through there the other day. This has to be a K drama, but there are shows on Netflix now that are actually streaming one week at a time instead of the binge format that we've all become accustomed to. Ah, uh, shit! They're changing. They're they're adapting. Yep. I mean, it's it 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 it's not too far out of the realm of possibility that more of their original programming goes into that one week at a time format. For now, it's okay. Like I think Ozark season four just hit Netflix. The Witcher season two hit Netflix last month. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit that's going on there. They just released a movie with fucking Leonardo DiCaprio and a cast full of A-list kind of Oh, man. Stuff. They killed that shit. Don't Look Up was, was right? dope, man. That, that was good. Like we, we not, you know what I'm saying? They got Dave Chappelle on there. Like We're not talking about the mom and pop streaming version of Redbox that it was 10 years ago. Like, Mm-mm. you know what I mean? There's something on there for everybody to watch. So them raising the price? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 2022. Let's see here. What movies are going to be on there in 2022? Hmm. Let's see here. So when Spider-Man No Way Home hits on Netflix at some point before the end of 2022, nobody's going to care that they're paying $20 a month for that, bro. Nope. When Uncharted hits Netflix, when Venom 1 and 2 hit Netflix, when Mor- yep. or, excuse me, when Mobius or no, Morbius <laughs> Morbius the In the fuck? fall of 2022 Yep, when, when Morbius is on Netflix by the end of this year nobody's gonna fucking care that they're paying $20 a month because in conjunction with these major releases from Sony being put on that app, they're still gonna keep their own train going, bro they're still gonna have their own original TV series coming back before the end of the year. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They're still gonna have that next Dave Chappelle special. They're gonna have that next K drama, that next anime, that next thing that's gonna have people like, oh shit, what's on Netflix tonight? Precisely, you know man. That 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 the gravy train ain't stopping anytime soon for nope. these guys. Nope. You and and I don't think. <laughs> I'm not going to say that it's over with because HBO Max definitely made the smart choice in reducing that price for a little while, in part because their live action movie releases will not be same day streaming on that app. True. Yep. We do got to cut that price down to try to keep that subscriber base in there. In addition to that Game of Thrones prequel series that's going to be hitting hbo pretty soon but i'm telling you bro i don't think is it game over i don't it's not game over because there's a lot of people out there that are still spending their money and there's still some big fish out there waiting to get reeled in but netflix ain't going nowhere bro if they wanted to they could be charging 24.99 instead of 20.99 and people will still be fucking paying man yeah, I mean, if Netflix goes, everyone goes, essentially. Like, in order for Netflix to go, streaming has to become a bust, which mm. it's it, it's impossible now. You know what I'm saying? We are now in that digital information age where 
the theaters, people are no longer looking at theaters as a premium experience. They rather just right. stay home. You know right. what I'm saying? Yep. Especially how we got trained with the with the bear bug to stay home and watch these movies at home. So mm-hmm. the streaming's not going anywhere, and obviously everyone else is investing to try to get a, a piece of the market share and a piece of the pie, even if it's just a damn crumb. It's it's worth it for some of these companies, you know what I mean? Like, I just fucking bought uh, Reign of Fire with Donnie Yen, and they try to make me buy the Hia app to watch the movie when the movie that? first came out. It's a it's a martial arts streaming platform where it's all kung fu films on streaming. I'm I, like, I'm, I'm not paying wow. for that shit. <laughs> I I would have never known. I would have never known that that right. was even there, bro. And they were like, well, you could watch it in theaters, but it's limited release, or you can watch it on the HIA app. I'm like, I'll just wait for it on home release. I'm not I'm not paying no damn HIA app, man. I'll just buy the Blu-ray, then pay you guys the $5 a month to see this shit. Like, I hate, like, no, I'm good. No more, I'm adamant. No more adding, like, streaming services that are, like, not worth it for me, so... I mean, you're right, man. Netflix, Netflix could be under bully and, and totally do some wreck, some damage even further. And people will bitch and complain at first, but they're not. They're not canceling. They're not. They're not gonna cancel their subscriptions. And oh yeah, and and, and don't get it twisted, bro. That price is gonna go up again. It's gonna go up. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, if you think you know food prices going up, why wouldn't entertainment prices be going up? Listen, bro, just wait until I don't know when it's going to happen and I don't know how it's going to end up happening. But wait until they win an Oscar for Best Picture. Wait until Netflix Studios brings home the Academy Award for Best Picture. Just wait. Yep. Because it's going to happen. And when it does, that's when that's when all of that shit is going to be like, oh, okay, you know. Because it's not street. It's not just the thing that people who don't want to leave their houses are doing. Everybody's doing it now. You know what I'm saying? If I'm being honest with you, again, I still need to. I still need to see what Apple TV is looking like. But if I really had to pick out who's gonna have some real smoke for Netflix, it's either gonna, in my opinion, it's gonna be Apple TV or Amazon Prime. Hmm. That's that's what I think. I mean, Disney Plus and their app is always going to be something that's there. They're always going to have that that spot at the table. But as far as that original content that's pushing the envelope and engaging people on a level of, oh, shit, this is something that I can't see anywhere else. Apple TV, Amazon Prime and Netflix are are the ones that are going to be at the adult table and HBO max is inching their way to try to find what their niche is. Right. Right. Because yeah, I mean, Disney is always going to be Disney. Uh, the Eternals hit on Disney plus, And now it seems like everyone watched it. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, and then Mo, uh, not Moana Encanto hit Disney plus, And now everyone watched Encanto. Mm-hmm. And now the song was, a, we don't talk about Bruno and yeah, man. yeah it's gone and yeah, it's 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 a it's a cool modern success on there, and it just shows it just proves the point that people will find these films worthy of going to the theaters for. They're gonna wait for it on streaming, 
And it's, well, it was almost like they never got released until they hit the app. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we talked about it, but majority of the people weren't talking about it. And then as soon as they hit Disney+, Plus, boom. I mean, I, I came home one day and my sisters were watching Eternals. I'm like, y'all had no interest in watching the theaters. And they're like, yeah, but it's on Disney Plus now, so we'll watch it. You know, it's like, that's how a lot of people are going to feel about majority of these films or these TV series. Um, Pixar's on a chopping block, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yes. Just a little quick pivot. Pivot, yeah, away, quick pivot. away from Netflix for a second. Yeah, bro. They are definitely on the chopping block. <laughs> Pixar's on the chopping block. I think Disney, you know, I mean, I mean, Encanto's a beautiful film. Uh, Souls, you know, uh, what's the last? Raya, The Last Dragon. They pretty much... They pretty much got that animation down, man. Like, wait, that was uh, that was Pixar. No, uh, Raya, Raya and Encanto is Disney, Disney animation. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Pixar. The last <laughs> one they did was Luca and Soul. Uh, I'm just saying, Disney is like, they got it now. Like, they yep. they got the juice, they got the secret recipe, they got the secret sauce, you know, from Pixar. So it's not like, you know, all we need is really Toy Story from y'all. <laughs> like, and, and I mean. <laughs> Even even with that, it's like, yeah, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's another Toy Story, okay. Right, right. It's like, all we need is the, the, the previous hits, you know, that you guys have had so we can put out more toys or Man. expansions or whatever. But all your new shit, that shit's going to the app. We, we ain't putting that shit in theaters. Because, uh, is that Lightyear? Okay, is Lightyear, I mean. I mean, like, like, Lightyear is Pixar. Okay, all right. So Lightyear is Pixar. That'll be the joint that kind of gets that push. I think this is what if if I mean obviously I'm not privy to any of those decisions that get made. I didn't know that Encanto wasn't Pixar. I didn't know that. Yep, that's that's Disney, man. I told you they got the secret sauce. So what 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 happened was, (laughs) so what what they ended up doing is basically. All these years where Pixar was in house, kind of, kind of doing what it was that they were doing with them, they were really getting some of their formula taken away. Mm-hmm. Taking some game, man. Learning game from them. Mm-mm-mm. And now it seems like like the newest movie, Turning Red, uh, straight to Disney Plus, not a theatrical release. Uh, see. I have no, I don't even know what turning red is. Bro. And that's, that's, you know, it's kind of like a modern geek girl, uh, a story of, you know, K-pop band and a main character gets cursed and turns into like this red raccoon panda bear. Chopping, you know, block. It, chopping block, man. Uh, the last film we did was Luca, which was like a boy, a mermaid who turns into a boy on land in Italy. Uh, chopping block she went straight on to Disney plus. And as a matter yeah. of fact, no one even still, a lot of people don't even know that film even came out. They out of there, bro. I mean, so I think that in a perfect scenario, Pixar probably does one movie a year. I yeah. Because they got two this be... year. That's it. Turning Red and, and Lightyear. Two. And they could limit it to that. Two. Yep. One to two. Major releases a year is probably, I think, where that's gonna go because they out of okay. Now you got me thinking here, bro. So was Coco Pixar? 
Coco was Pixar, yeah. Okay. Coco was Pixar, yeah. After Coco, I don't... After Coco... Like, what was after Coco, dog? <laughs> uh, after Coco was... uh the, the one with the trolls, I think. Um, that one with uh, Chris Pratt and Tom. It was the... the oh, yeah, it yeah. Called? Okay, it was... Um, that shit hit right when the pandemic hit. Yeah, what was that shit called? It was uh, uh, Onward. Onward. Onward, yep, yep, that was it, that was it. And that was Pixar also? Yep, that was Pixar also, that, that, that was pretty much, uh... Okay, yeah, they, they, they are, they are firmly on that chopping block, bruh, and there's not, there isn't a Pixar app, there's no, (laughs) there's no, there's no Pixar app, they are... No, so yeah, after Coco was Incredibles 2, which made a a shit ton of money. Mm Mm-hmm. Toy Story 4, shit ton of money. Onward, nah. Soul, mm-hmm. got attention on Disney+. Plus. Luca, yeah. Even though it was good, Luca was, I saw some of it. Luca was, it's a good animated film, but no mm-hmm. attention. Turning Red on on Disney app, Lightyear, going to theaters. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, other than that, it's gonna get cold outside. But... It's gonna it's getting cold outside at Pixar, man. They might have to do uh I don't know. They they might have to abandon ship and go to illumination. Some of those workers, man. Yeah. It's, it's gonna <laughs> get cold have outside. Dreamworks, bruh. Because well and, and, and you know, not only that, but it seems like like even Netflix has their own kind of original animation. Mm, you know. True, true. The difference between what some of those other movies were doing and then these ones were the stories behind the animation. And at the time, nobody was really doing it the way they were doing it over there. So it just just kind of makes you wonder here. It it just makes you wonder if Disney can do Frozen 1 and 2 on their own. (laughs) And Moana. Oh man, like why do we at what point do at what point does this become redundant? Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, you're looking at potentially uh the next generation growing up and not even knowing who Pixar is. I I I agree with that. I think we are getting dang, very close to that, man. Yeah. It's a matter of time. It's only a matter of time, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, that shit's that shit's done. I mean, you're gonna have your Incredibles three. You're gonna have your Toy Story five. You'll have your Finding Dory two. You know, you'll have your sequels for Cars five from the the classic Pixar line. But yeah, man, that that shit, it's not looking good yeah, for Pixar. Oh uh, man, Legacy Media is a graveyard. It really is, man. It is. I mean, oh man, we we might damn. They're gonna play damn colors for Pixar the Disney lot, man. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. I mean, look, you play taps. HBO. They're gonna play taps for Pixar, man. Absolutely, absolutely. You get on HBO Max, dog. Yeah, they got a T a T a Turner Classic Movies section on Netflix. But I mean, or my bad, HBO Max. HBO but Max. I, I mean, you get on there, yeah. I'll scroll through that section, but I haven't watched one movie in the Turner Classic movie section on <laughs> HBO Max. I haven't watched one at all. 
That is the future of Pixar right there. Ooh. The app on think about it, dog. Like, oh I man, I don't, don't want to look too far into the future, but 10 years from now, 10 years from now, when Disney Plus is still what it is, we're gonna be on there. Oh shit. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm I'm kind of bored today. Let's see what's on Pixar. Oh, yeah, a bug's life. I remember that movie. When I was in elementary school, oh, let me keep scrolling and see what's on here this week. Oh, that's it. Yeah, the same, the same way you get, you open up HBO Max and you see the Maltese Falcon starring Humphrey Bogart. It's like, oh, I heard this was a classic movie in black and white that came out almost a hundred years ago. Oh shit, they got a new episode of Peacemaker. Let me see what's going on there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pixar, aren't those those guys who did the early animation for Disney? Yep. Yep. Ooh. It, is, it is what it is, bro. And then, and then plus, I mean, like you said, Netflix, they just released Arcane Legends. That's just some groundbreaking animation right there, man. Like, that that's very highly critically praised by animators, film critics, like the the need the bar has been moved, man. The needle has been moved. Even Spider Verse is being challenged by that shit. Oh, word! Yes, yes. Arcane Legends, based off the uh, the video game oh, on Netflix. Okay. Oh, the, you know they they are moving the needle on animation now. Netflix, man, it it comes full circle, don't it? <laughs> it comes full circle, don't it? You know what I mean? Yep. Like, we had a convo at, at, during the summer of 2021. This is a nice little segue here, too, bro. We had a convo in early or summer of 2020 about the future of video game adaptations, right? Mm-hmm. We did. We said that the best option, in our opinion, was streaming. You just said Arcane Legends is based on a video game. Mm-hmm. League of Legends. I would I wouldn't even knew it, but okay, and I'm sure that shit is probably rocking right now on Netflix. I seen the preview for Cuphead and instantly that's what that convo that we had went there, bro. Yeah, man. I, I mean it's 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 you know, it's funny how we speak these things. Oh, Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> would be great if the original director didn't come back and then, oh shit, there's a new Jeepers Creepers movie coming out. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh uh, shit. But I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, it's bold prediction. Some of it's bold. Some of it's just like common sense. Like, it just makes sense not to cram a whole video game in an hour and a half, two hour movie, but expand yeah. upon it in a TV series. But the, the the part of it that is still the most interesting in all of this is who is the who are the guys that are at the front of this right here? Netflix. Mm. Netflix are the guys that are out in front of this doing what needs to be done to continue streaming, to continue this form of media as being something that carries over and bleeds into other genres. You just said that this this movie. Is is it a movie or a TV show? Arcane Legends. It's a TV show. Okay, you just said that's pushing the envelope for animation. So correct. This TV show has animation, arguably on the scale of a motion picture, but is expanded within 
you know, however many episodes are in that one season. <laughs> I've never played Cuphead a day in my life, but I am going to be watching it because that animation style is fucking Disney. All yep. through and through. <laughs> but we're going to get that for an entire season of a TV show, bro. And to be honest with you, that's the kind of animation Disney doesn't even do anymore. <laughs> oh. They don't do they ain't doing shit like that no more. Nope. Nope. And and when when that I didn't see what the date was on Carpet, but dog, they finna man, listen, the merch, the merch, hot the, topic. Ooh. <laughs> they gonna make a killing on that shit. Oh man. Does Microsoft own them? <laughs> Get them, get them figures out, man. I'd say tell Bill Gates get those figures out, those shirts. Get the Cuphead oh, cups. All yeah, that fe- shit. February 18th is when the Cuphead show hits Netflix, dog. And that's that, going to be a hit. That's going to that. be a hit. It is, it is going to be a hit, man. That, that Netflix subscription price went up for a reason. It did. Because they are moving the fucking goalposts. Forward and forward and forward, and everybody else has to catch up. All I need next, fuck the God of War movie. Give me God of War on Netflix in conjunction with Sony, just Oof. so we can get that out of the way. Let me get that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Make that happen. Make, make that happen. On all fronts, man. Anime, live action anime, animation. We got Leonardo DiCaprio. They got full-fledged, like, triple-A stars, man, in their joints, like... Yep. It's a machine. It's a they're a beast. You know yep. what I mean? Like they're a beast. And I I mean it would it would take Amazon Prime and almost Disney to like team up, you know what I mean? Just to even try to get the same numbers. Bruh. Can you imagine like if Netflix wanted to make their own merchandise, you think people would buy it? Yeah, that's what they're planning to do. That's what I, I think I read an article a couple months ago. They're trying to do more Stranger Things merch, more of the original IPs, more merchandise for it. Put it out. They said that they're almost like at a market cap for streaming. Like mm. there's not much more numbers they can attain mm-hmm. for streaming in terms of subscribers. So what they're trying to do is get more merch in stores to targets, the hot topic, to your mm-hmm. Walmarts, get your Stranger Things shirt, your Sid's, your Squid Games merch, get your 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 Witcher merch, your Cuphead merch. They're trying to get their IPs out there for people to consume and and, and purchase in stores uh, through merchandise now. So that's that's the next big thing for them. Hell, they wanted to shit. They might if they really want to do it, they might do a damn theme park, dog. Bruh, man, <laughs> the big, I, I'll be real with you though. They, they might do. They, I don't know. They missed. The biggest opportunity that I think they did miss out on, they uh-huh. missed out on like hundreds of millions of dollars when when the internet started saying Netflix and chill and all of that, they should have trademarked they should have tried to trademark that and sell t shirts that said it before people started doing it independently. True, true, true. Yep. Yeah, you know, someone, whoever is their their internet social media awareness guru should have been uh should have got a bonk in the head for missing out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yep. Squid Game alone basically fucking 
ran away with the streaming wars in 2021, man. Easy. Yeah. You know, price of the brick is going up. Up. Yep. And, we'll and they basically they're basically looking at Disney like we coming for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> Damn, dog. Uh, How are you going to attack the mouse for anim? You you going to attack the mouse on animation? Like yep. for real? Yep. Yep. I like it. I like it. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it, bro. I'm I'm here for it. You know, one day there will be a Netflix store in fucking Times Square. Imagine mm. a store, a Netflix store where mm. they don't even sell DVDs at, bro. Mm. <laughs> where they don't sell DVDs. A oh, Netflix man. store where they sell nothing but gift cards and merch for their TV shows and movies that they make on yeah. that app. NFTs, Metaverse, all that shit too. Why the, oh well, why the fuck isn't there a Netflix store right now? Mm. All right, man. We can, we, can wrap. We, we, we wrap it up, man. That shit's coming <laughs> Times Square in 2023, man. Yeah, easy. bro, because we're easy. not getting paid for this. We are <laughs> not getting paid for this. So... Yeah, we're going to wrap it up right there, man. Good shit, man. man.